Dictinus grants us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. In individuals, insanity is rare, but in groups, parties, nations, and epochs, it is the rule. Welcome to Pagan Organizations, the 211th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Frederick Nietzsche. You may call me Ode. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn. I'm Ode's mother, and I also belong to the giggler across the way. Hi, my name is Jax, Ode's brother. So, today's episode I thought would be less funny because we're going to be talking about organizations. It's very dramatic. And very dry, but let's start with housekeeping. So, we have any housekeeping to do? No. Other than, you know, in February. Right. Convocation. Convocation. Which, which we will also be talking about uh, during this episode, I guess. That's right. <laughs> okay, but I think that's it for housekeeping. Yes? Yeah. Okay, then we are house kept and house swept. So this episode, we're going to be talking about pagan organizations. I focused mostly on heathen ones, Mm -hmm. because obviously (laughs) there are sort of three main American heathen organizations. Mm -hmm. They are the Troth, formerly the Ring of the Troth, the Asatru Alliance, and the AFA, which is the Asatru Folk Assembly. The Asatru Folk Assembly and the Asatru Alliance are both folkish, which means they suck. Don't... (laughs) do anything with them. They're just stealth racists. And it's important to know that so you don't have anything to uh-huh. do with them. Yeah, they're yes. just... they're just like, from the surface, they look uh-huh. fine enough. It's, and then when you get involved, you're like, ah, shit. You gotta... If you go just to their website... I know this from when I first started studying heathenry. If you just go to their website, you can be like, oh, well, the vibes are a little off, but I don't see anything really egregious here. You know, I don't see anything that, like actually says that they they have racist policies or anything, you gotta dig into the bylaws to find that shit. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it's in there. It's in the fucking bylaws. There's racist underpinnings to both of those organizations. Don't mm-hmm. touch them. Don't. Stay far, far away. The Troth is a universalist organization. It's better than the AFA and the Asatru Alliance. It also has, like, a kind of a sketchy history. It was started by Edred Thorson, who has kind of a reputation in heathenry. But it has, it's on firmer ground than the Asatru Alliance or the Asatru mm-hmm. Folk Assembly. So if you feel like you must be part of one of the big American heathen organizations, the Troth is probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. They have been sort of growing better over time. Mm-hmm. So there's the potential for them to to improve, but they are explicitly inclusive. Right. So there's that. You have mentioned them before. Mm -hmm. And I think we should maybe uh, say why we're talking about pagan organizations. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot across the podcast, that we think community is really important for Mm -hmm. everyone sort of in the pagan umbrella, even for solitaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why these organizations begin in the first place is because you get a group of people who maybe are from disparate traditions Mm -hmm. or they're solitaries or, but they want to have some kind of sense of unity Mm -hmm. that we don't have in the pagan or witchcraft communities because one, we're smaller uh, than the major religions. And two, it just doesn't, naturally move in toward, you know, like national organizations because pagans and witches and and 
People tend to be very independent and I think that's like that. only part of the story mm-hmm. because humans are naturally social. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, really independent humans tend to clan up together. Right. That's just part of our sort of social and genetic makeup mm-hmm. as a species. Pro-sociability is an important part of, of how our species functions. Yes. And it's nice to feel like you're a part of something bigger and it lends a little more weight to your beliefs when you're talking to people. That's the the thing that I think is the big thing. We tend to form small groups, relatively small granular groups, like covens or Mm -hmm. kindreds or groves. We tend not to form major organizations, and I think that's because all our small groups have strongly held, sometimes very different beliefs Mm -hmm. that don't enmesh well Mm -hmm. into large organizations. But... Large organizations are what you need to have political and social capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's honestly interesting because I think it's partially because it's mostly a reconstructionist and like creation of new things movement. Mm-hmm. So there's when you have a small group who creates their own perspective on it, and you meet with another, with another group, and those ideas don't necessarily mesh. There's a lot of conflict. There's just a lot of conflict in the pagan community on a whole but especially between groups. And I think, the, exactly, and that can be the case even within sort mm-hmm. of an umbrella mm-hmm. category. So, like, two kindreds, even under the same kind of heathenry, mm-hmm. can have radically different interpretations of their beliefs and, and, and how, they should, how the reconstructed material should be integrated with modern life. Yeah. Which is how having a larger organization can help kind of bring these smaller organizations together, don't you think? Yes. I think it helps when the organization itself is not dogmatic. Right. Yep. They're just like an organizational one. Uh, Like, well, logistics one. Mm -hmm. Like, I was doing some research and I found the Pagan Federation, Mm -hmm. which is, looks to be largely a political group to ensure that pagans around the world have the same rights for religious freedom as other religions. Mm -hmm. And like, so... Those are the three main heathen organizations in America, but there's a, an organization in Iceland mm-hmm. called the Asatrur Felageth, or the Asatru Fellowship, which is explicitly non-dogmatic. They exist to, I mean, they perform bloats and things like, they do a couple of religious ceremonies, but they exist predominantly to get the legal right from Iceland to perform marriages mm-hmm. and various kinds of religious ceremonies to integrate pagan people into Icelandic society in the same way that you can be integrated religiously through Christianity into Icelandic society. And that makes so, it an important so, organization. Exactly. And so the Asatrar Felagith, like, proudly has Wiccans in its membership, like, accepts basically any kind of religious belief structure as long as you are willing to work under the Asatrar Felagith basic principles. Yeah, the basic principles, which I think is important. There are Druid uh, organizations that, that offer a similar kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, like the ADF. Mm-hmm. And, and Obad. Obad, which is the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. Mm-hmm. And the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, they are a worldwide group with over 25,000 members in 50 different countries. Like what you're describing in Iceland, mm-hmm. you know, they, it, as long as they follow that, you know, the core principle, it's... Right. It doesn't matter what deities you worship, mm-hmm. what your, the specific granular tenets of your beliefs are, mm-hmm. how you choose to perform ritual. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the ADF as mm-hmm. well. 
Yeah, so. it just approaches um, how to include paganism as a religion instead of your specific path that you follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how to how to integrate it as a social religion mm-hmm. instead of a personal yeah. faith. And honestly, I don't think there's enough information out there about these organizations. It can up be hard until, to learn about them until you're in one. Yeah, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't even know that pagan organizations existed, despite the fact that I've been in and out uh, and actively practicing since I was like 19, mm-hmm. so a solid mm-hmm. decade now. The information can be difficult to find unless you know what you're looking for. Uh, I think that's why people tend to gravitate to yearly events. Mm-hmm. And that's also why a lot of these organizations table at said events to try to mm-hmm. spread the word. Yep. Or host these host these host events. Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. One other sort of organization I wanted to talk about that's not like technically pagan mm-hmm. is the Unitarian Universalists. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So the Unitarian Universalists were started as like a like a kind of Christianish organization, but. They had such a broad and inclusive set of principles that they could incorporate interfaith religious teaching. Mm -hmm. And now Unitarian Universalists basically accept every religious affiliation under the sun Mm -hmm. as long as you're willing to abide by the basic UU tenets and you Mm -hmm. want to attend a UU church, you can. And, like, they'll even sometimes hold pagan events at UU churches or have pagan teachers uh, at UU services. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back again to what why these larger organizations are important. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they offer a covering, if you will, for smaller groups or individuals that might otherwise go unnoticed or not have a voice mm-hmm. or just not have a place to go for fellowship. Yeah, I think it's actually going to a UU church, like if you just moved into an area and you don't know any local pagans, going to a UU is probably your best bet for easily getting in contact with some pagans because even if local pagans don't go to the UU, someone at the UU probably knows them and Mm -hmm. can put you in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. When we still lived in Grand Rapids, there was um, Mm -hmm. the Fountain Street Church. Yep. Which is a very, it's not technically... It it used to be a UU Mm -hmm. and is no longer a UU, but it still has sort of Unitarian universalist energy. Yeah. And so they're very open to all kinds of interfaith outreach. Interfaith outreach and and we were able to do a group there for yeah, a pagan we hosted, group. Yeah, we hosted a pagan group there for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, the, there are these whether it's a unitarian church mm-hmm. or some other kind of what they would call liberal or interfaith. Interfaith. These are good. Op- these are good places. If you can't find an actual pagan organization or a chapter of one in your area, these are good places to go to find other pagans. Mm-hmm. Potentially find right. other pagans to at least reach out. Start start putting out the feelers. Yeah, and I think part of it is when the pagan, when the neo pagan and pagan and Wiccan movements began in the fifties and sixties. In like in Britain, it was still illegal for right. you know a certain amount of time, and it. In the United States, there was, you know, there was a lot of drama drama about Wiccans and witches and pagans. And so, you know, they met in these small covens that they created mm-hmm. and things like that. But they needed these larger organizations that could fight for their rights mm-hmm. in public. And that's where a lot of these types of organizations, that's where they were founded. Yeah. For instance, 
It only lasted a year. <laughs> but there was the American Council of Witches. It was 73 people who got together, came up with 13 principles that they were attempting to agree on. Unfortunately, it again disbanded after a year. Who knows why? But along that same time period, other organizations were founded, such as the Covenant of the Goddess. That was founded in 1975 as an advocacy group that seeks to foster cooperation between Wiccans and witches, secure legal protections, provide education through outreach, and nurture its members. And so over the years, they've published newsletters. They've, they can issue ministerial credentials, sponsor festivals. They're an information resource, local outreach. That's one of the reasons why the Covenant of the Goddess was, was formed not unlike the pagan federation, was to to bring people together to give a place for individuals or small covens to to be able to interact, but also just to be able to have a voice in the public. Something interesting I found was a lot of these organizations seem to all have been founded between like 70 and 78. Yeah. 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 Part of the problem we actually run into is that because so many of these organizations were founded for explicitly political purposes, Mm -hmm. they don't do a good job serving their communities as hubs. Like, they don't do a good job being community centers. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that because every, almost every, I wouldn't say every, almost every uh, group or organization that I have run into has been, like, either a local chapter of Mm -hmm. a larger organization and they do the meetups and whatnot, Mm -hmm. or just the sort of, because people like community mm-hmm. and they can't typically find these organizations or don't know about them mm-hmm. or these organizations don't serve the right function a lot of the people that i've met gravitate towards the either online communities or on my college campus when i went to grand valley there was a day every month where a bunch of artisans came in and like two of them were really low-key pagan booths mm-hmm. that would just sort of draw people in and give you informational pamphlets and be like, maha, here's some, go, go fly, be free, <laughs> learn things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this really interesting, like almost grassroots Like movement. underground. Yeah, <laughs> underground grassroots hush-hush movement for, for spreading information to people <laughs> that you can just find if you know where to look. If you go to craft fairs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Farmer's I, markets. Right. One group I did want to bring up, Aquarian Tabernacle Church. Oh, Yeah. That when because you speak of you know a lot of these groups are political right. they don't have a they don't really have a focus on creating building building community yeah. Aquarian Tabernacle Church that is the whole that point. is the whole point yeah. now yes they can credential people into right ministry they, they have other they have, functions they have other functions they have like a, a, a an academy the whole right. thing but they also have created other. Aquarian Tabernacle Churches from the one that was originated in, I think it's uh, Washington State. I think so. And we have one that is, Mm -hmm. you know. Local to Michigan. to Michigan and who advertises on our podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, what I find interesting is I think part of the reason why I didn't know a lot about about some of these is because they have the name church tacked on Mm -hmm. and that has a very Christian overtone in my mind. So I just tend to not look into them because I, I figure they're... Not for me. Yeah, I understand where that comes from. And I had the same uh, reticence with uh, the ATC as well. Oh, I have nothing against them. I'm just saying, like, that's, I think that's a little bit of a barrier to entry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a a language problem. Mm -hmm. I understand why these organizations use that term, because Mm -hmm. it best describes what what they're creating. Right. And it's Mm non-sectarian, I guess. Like... 
if you call it a grove that has druid connotations, if mm -hmm. you call it a coven that has witch and wiccan connotations, mm -hmm. if you call it a kindred that has heathen connotations, which makes it really specific, like tradition specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and church if you call it like a fellowship, is, people think it's political. Exactly, mm -hmm. whereas like church expresses the sentiment of we do religious things here, but is in a pagan context, mm -hmm. non-sectarian. So I understand why they use it, but- It's hard because, to get past that word sometimes. But yeah, but because they use it, they sort of require you to have already leveled past whatever religious trauma you brought from Christianity <laughs> to get to them, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is a shame. Yeah, it, it really is. And I've had this discussion before with uh, Solanox mm -hmm. about the ATC. Pretty much the same conversation yeah. that you just had is, and the reasoning behind the use of the word church. But I can say, because they're the ones who host in the spring the, the Illusion Mysteries, I can say they're totally pagan. <laughs> There's not really a UU kind of feel to them because I think sometimes people can think maybe there's a universalist kind of because it has bent, church in the word because it has church in the word, but they're they're definitely pagan. Just did the the thing with Hearth and Grove. Hearth and Grove. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was that didn't feel churchy at all. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring up Hearth and mm -hmm. Grove as a kind of organization because they're a fellowship. Hearth and Grove yeah. Fellowship. They meet here in Kalamazoo. They are a collection of, in a collective mm -hmm. of different practitioners who don't necessarily all practice the same thing. You mm -hmm. know, they have different traditions represented. And I would say the, at least the service that I was part of, there mm -hmm. was nothing tradition specific about it. No, there's not. And that's, I, I really do enjoy going to that. And so I think things like Hearth and Grove Fellowship mm -hmm. or the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, mm -hmm. I, I think that they can bring people together in this way as a community um, in a way that, well, of course, these other, these, you know, like the Pagan Federation, the Covenant of the Goddess, and these others, they, while they are trying to build community, right. their focus is more on activism and yeah. information into the greater world. Yeah. Even things like Circle Sanctuary, mm -hmm. which has on-site sacred space, wherever Circle Sanctuary is. Um, they have a physical location, which mm -hmm. has dedicated sacred space. They hold, they host lots of festivals there. Mm -hmm. Like, they have some big ones and they have seasonal festivals and uh, honestly some of them look really really cool and I wish I could go to some but even then it's festival oriented mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know honestly if you're trying to find one of these organizations either local or overarching in your area go to your local pagan shop Mm -hmm. or metaphysical store, because mm -hmm. someone is going to know someplace. Probably, mm -hmm. yeah. Someone's and, probably a member of something. Mm -hmm. And someone speaking, might be a leader of something. Yeah. Right? And speaking of, uh, it's they're not technically organizations, I suppose, but a lot of pagan shops do become hubs. Yes. yes. Arts and crafts Arts and has craft. become one, for sure. I'm sure there are others <clears> throughout <throat> the country that become a hub of activity. And while, yes, they do have their own particular coven that, that leads open rituals and things like that, they're very open to bringing anyone mm -hmm. into the community. Finn says, like I said on the Patreon, I have been hurt by both Christian and pagan organizations. I'm very reluctant to get involved with any organizations, and I want to dive into Druidry, but alas, organizations. Mm -hmm. I honestly have a very similar thing. Like, I just, <laughs> the structure of an organization makes me feel really uncomfortable and, like, stifled and, like, oh, God, get, get out of here. And I think that's uh, that's a familiar thing that a lot of pagans, witches, druids, you know, anybody who has 
probably come from a organized religious past. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we bring with us. We have kind of almost a baggage. A, yeah, we have yeah. baggage, and so it makes us nervous about being part of an organization. Join our Tiger Crystal at Apothecary Teas. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses with handcrafted tea blends from white to red to green. This week, Ode suggests Alchemist Gold, made with a blend of apple, strawberry, ginger, rose hips, and turmeric. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas LLC. Hail Dictimus. So I do want to talk about red flags when you get involved with an organization Mm because there are definitely bad organizations out Mm -hmm. there, small and large. Mm -hmm. Identifying them before you get in too deep is a very important life skill to develop. Mm -hmm. That's true. Just going to, I guess, go down the list of red flags I've got. Uh, One is there's a very powerful Mm in-group. So this is usually the leader and their close friends. It might be a circle of leadership, or it might be, like, a high priest who has, like, a a little clique. But all of the important or prestigious jobs go to this small group of powerful in-group people, Mm -hmm. and these people are never questioned. Nepotism, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, like nepotism plus. Mm -hmm. Next thing is dog whistles. Mm -hmm. So a dog whistle is a phrase that sounds innocuous if you don't know what it means, but is actually a cue for a socially unacceptable behavior or belief. So in heathenry, folkish is a dog whistle for racism. Mm -hmm. It's a way to say I'm racist without saying I'm racist so that the people who aren't racist won't catch it right away, and the people who are racist will know you're on their team. Mm-hmm. Dog whistles are very specific to the groups and the circumstances they are referring to. Mm-hmm. So, like, folkish as a dog whistle for racist is only a dog whistle for racism inside heathenry. Elsewhere, it means completely different things. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I can't give you just, like, a big list of dog whistles. You have to sort of learn what they are by mm-hmm. trial and error. Mm-hmm. Uh, some help there if you go onto uh, basically any Reddit thread about a particular organization. There will be people who, who are, who, like, who are putting list. the word out. Yep. <laughs> Actually, a couple of the heathen subreddits have bots that... Every time you mention particular figures, we'll just, like, auto-respond with that person's crimes, Mm. (laughs) which is very useful. Very. I I respect whatever Reddit mods came up with that shit. So, uh, other red flags. What I like to call, like, religious exclusivity. Mm -hmm. So, any organization that tells you that once you've joined them, you can't be part of any other organization. Or you can't practice any other religious tradition outside of this one, that's a big red flag. Mm -hmm. Anything that tries to restrict your circle of information and access to only that group, Mm -hmm. bad news. Mm -hmm. Toxic relationships being tolerated within the group. So usually this is not obvious to an outsider. It's the kind of thing you don't normally notice until you've been in the group for a little bit. But there will probably be someone in the group who is a toxic person 
who is detrimental to other members of the group and their behavior is tolerated or hand-waved or explained away Mm -hmm. because someone in leadership likes them. Mm -hmm. Unspeakably large red flag. Mm -hmm. Get out now while the getting's good. Mm -hmm. Along with the the list of red flags, I actually have some resources that you can go to just to find like a checklist. Uh, There is a, several of them, a checklist of cult traits. I'm Mm, not saying that these organizations are all cults. I'm saying if you have more of these things than not, Mm -hmm. it's red flags upon red flags, like a parade of red flags. Yeah, the one I'm familiar with is the bite model. The bite model is really a really, really good one. So just like whenever you're cautious or feeling like you've noticed a red flag and go, Mm -hmm. okay, are there any that I'm missing? Go to this list, cross-reference, and see if it hits enough points that you are uncomfortable enough to be like, ah, I think I should probably get out of here. Because even if it's not a cult, it's not good. Yeah. Other red flags are lack of financial transparency, especially Mm -hmm. if they ask for donations or tithes. Mm -hmm. If it's then unclear what that money is going to and they won't tell you what that money is going to, that is... Well, actually, that's usually a sign of a scam, specifically. (laughs) True, Um, Like uh, multi-level marketing, but religion. uh Uh-huh, yeah. Um, And those definitely do exist. Mm -hmm. Love bombing. So... (laughs) I hate love. It's so toxic. So love bombing is when you first join an organization, you get a lot of special attention and special treatment and love, uh, positive attention from the group. Just reels you in. Yep, to to reel you in and, like, help you create a hard attachment to that group. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the love bombing phase is, like, a 180 about face. It's literally negging. (laughs) Yeah, basically. But for a religious organization, it's horrifying. And it just becomes a cycle of that. Yeah. These rapid oscillations between um, building attachments and, and religious negging. Yeah. Actually, that's another thing. Those lists of like, do you have a toxic relationship in your life? Those can be applied to things other than like personal relationships. A relationship with an organization is still a relationship. Yeah, and even a relationship with the organization is a relationship. I think the thing to remember, too, is like a lot of these organizations are very large and they have a lot of small groups within the organization. Yeah. And it may not be the entire organization that's the problem. It may be smaller groups within the organization. Yeah, sometimes it's like your circle. Yeah. So, you know, don't uh, paint the entire organization with that with that brush if it's or at least just not necessarily not necessarily yeah. do a little more digging and research it may not be it could be a systemic problem right. with the entire organization but, you could but just it may know a couple just of assholes yeah, yeah it could just be your particular chapter yeah. that has an issue yeah that's definitely true mm-hmm. the only other like major red flag i got is when leaders reject questioning and this sort of ties into a lot of these other red flags Especially if the leadership claims to be receiving divine revelations. Mm-hmm. It's their UPG or the highway. Like, like you're not allowed to ask questions. You're not allowed to doubt or interrogate or challenge any of their religious assertions. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. If there's, like, a complete lockdown of what's permissible belief, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, and if you're on the outside and trying to get information about something like this that's a little bit more restrictive, so context, I suppose, 
for a while, a couple years ago, I did a short documentary on a store that had a uh, British traditionalist offshoot working out of it. The tradition was restarted by one man in particular. It's a sort of a closed practice, so you couldn't see any of the actual rituals that you do. But if you talk to the man himself, he will talk you through the process of how he got all of these, all this information and mm -hmm. how he put it together. And like there are... There are ways for people to disseminate information to you without giving up, like, group secrets. Yeah. If somebody's pushing back against any questioning and claiming it's a secret mm -hmm. or it's it's you have to join the group to know, that's some bullshit because there's ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A closed practice is not an excuse to keep, especially your members, mm -hmm. in the dark about just where your premises are even coming from. Mm-hmm. My final note, I guess, about red flags is just when the vibes are bad. Mm -hmm. Trust your instincts, guys. Uh-huh. Follow your gut. Follow Even your if gut. none of these red flags are popping up, but you feel gross or bad when you're with this group, mm -hmm. just stop. Just don't go to that group. I will say. You don't I, have to give them an excuse. Uh, I know a human who they stumbled upon one of Jim Jones's sermons oh, that's right. Uh, right before they, they moved overseas. And noped the fuck out of that situation because their instinct said, this is bad, this is bad, this is very, very bad. And they avoided a hell of a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very narrowly, because I very think you said narrowly. it was like right before. Like a month mm -hmm. before. Yeah, yep. everything broke bad with that. Yeah. So, yeah, fo follow the vibes. Mm -hmm. And we're not um, including this list of red flags to say, like, all of these pagan organizations that we have currently listed mm -mm. Are, no. are bad organizations. They do great work. But there may be other organizations out there or even chapters of mm -hmm. even these organizations where there's some toxic leadership going on. And you want to be aware of that. Anytime you put one person or a small group of people in a position of power, mm -hmm. there is a risk that they're going to go bad. Mm -hmm. uh, like Rhiannon says, you always got a vibe check. Yep. That's right. Exactly. And That's right. whatever you're a part of, whether it's religious or not, just... Just check the vibes. And Andromeda says, it makes a good point, which is, if the vibes are bad and you look closer, you will find out why the vibes are bad. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. My thing is, you don't even have to look. You don't mm -hmm. have to fight. You don't have to have a good mm -hmm. excuse. Mm -hmm. You don't have to justify yourself to nope. anyone. If it sucks, hit the bricks. Yeah, if it's like, not for you or if it's GTFO. Just, yeah, just litany against sunk cost. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Doesn't matter how much time. It doesn't matter if you were there for two years or uh -huh. ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Yep. If it starts feeling off, just just get out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, Jax, you uh, you mentioned online organizations. Yes. I happen to be part of one called the Covenant of Hecate or Hakati, depending on how you want right. to pronounce your, your it. Right, pronunciation. And that was started by Sarita de Est in around around 2010. Is it Sarita de Est or well, Sarita actually, de Esti? I believe it's Sarita de Esti, I okay. should say. Basically, it's a, a community that is centered around the study and worship and understanding of the goddess Hakati, mm -hmm. right? They have a passion for the history, the folklore, the magic. Mm -hmm. And we come together in, in this covenant of Hekati. It is, it is a loose group of people. It is, it is not like a tradition. Yeah. But it's all people who, who it's honor. A, it's a federation of Hekati. Yes. We've, <laughs> we've created this covenant of, of people who all honor Hakati. And it really came together when Sarita created what's called the Rite of the Sac of Her Sacred Fires in 2010. And thousands of people across the world literally all performed this rite 
at the same time, whatever time zone they happen right. to be in. So I guess it staggered times. Yeah. And, um, but it, it became, that was a big part of how the Covenant of Hakati was created because they were like, wow, this is really cool. We're all mm-hmm. doing this together. There's that energy. There's that passion. Yeah. Um, and so it has grown from there. And it's a, it's an online community. And, you know, you do go through an initiation and, mm-hmm. and things. But they offer education. They offer opportunities to write for a newsletter, to share your own perspectives on uh, what you're learning and how you honor the goddess. And there's just some basic, this is what we believe about Hakati and, mm-hmm. you know, some basic guidelines that you, that you um, agree to when you join the Covenant of Hakati, just like any other group. A- any group has bylaws, right. yeah. Right. But it, it's been a really interesting uh, group for me to be a part of. And I come and go because it's an online group. So they don't uh, require you to be at a certain number of meetings mm-hmm. or do a certain number of things. They offer things for you to be a part of. Right. It's opt-in. And you can choose to be a part of that or not. New red flag just procked in my brain, which is that if your group doesn't have bylaws mm-hmm. and it all just is by whatever the leader thinks is cool mm-hmm. for the day, red flag. Right. <laughs> well, like the Covenant of Bogate, they have a, exactly. a, a, they have yeah. bylaws. They have a group of people. It's not just Sarita. It's a group mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. Like a council. A council, yep. And they have different people who... You know, you can apply to serve different functions mm-hmm. in the group if you want to go a little deeper into That's the group cool. and things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of openness. It's the way, a, a, especially an online group, mm-hmm. should, should be run. Should, should operate. Should operate and, and, you were, and function. You were part of other online groups, weren't you, when you first became a witch? Well, I actually was part of, it was a chat board ah. back in the day. So that was like your your training group, right? Yeah. Because you were all training under the same mentor? Yeah. 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 So something that I want to mention, just because I find it so, sort of interesting. So the tradition that I follow, uh, hedge witchery, it's like very unorganized. Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody is a solitary. You will still find individuals who've become like uh, information aggregates. Yeah. Where they collect all the information and disseminate it out to mm-hmm. other hedge witches, despite the fact that there's no specific grouping. Yeah. Um. So if you are part of a... a the librarians. A, yeah, if you're <laughs> part of a path or you just don't prefer organizations, there are still ways to get access to deeper information mm-hmm. and to have a community. Just there might not necessarily be a meeting room or a building. Yeah. It might be a blog. Yeah. Or like a, like a loose connection. Mm-hmm. Like, like a bunch of people along the same web. Exactly. I did want to talk about, so... There are a couple of options for accessing community online. Neither of them are structured or flawless, but they're both very good, I think, and useful. Uh, And they are find a good Discord server Mm -hmm. and find a good subreddit. Those are wonderful assets. Also, Mm -hmm. TikTok. You can find some good stuff on TikTok. You gotta be real careful with the TikTok because TikTok Mm -hmm. will take you to. Just right. random directions. What's What I find interesting is you when you're looking at that kind of information, you're basically casting a net, mm-hmm. and you've just got to sift through the shenanigans to yeah. get to the good shit. Get the good fish. <laughs> yep. And I think it depends on the kind of organization you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've we've listed some really big... The biggins. The big organizations that do a lot of political organization mm-hmm. or legal, you know, they, they've created um, 
legal precedents mm-hmm. for people. Like All very important. Exactly. Work. It was the covenant of the goddess that with Phyllis Carat, who mm-hmm. we interviewed, she was uh, a founding member she of was, the covenant we, we of the goddess. We interviewed her at Michigan Pagan Fest. Yes, <laughs> we did. And um, she was fundamentally important as a lawyer who uh, was instrumental in helping get Wicca recognized as a religion in the United States and allowing military personnel to mm-hmm. be able to, to express their... their to, to have a religious chaplain. To have a religious chaplain yeah. that served their, their needs. So those kind of organizations are very important. So it really depends on what are you looking for? Yeah. Are you looking for community? Are you looking for an activism that you want to be a part of? Right. I think there are so many activist groups right. and not enough mm-hmm. community groups. So right. potentially, this is going to maybe sound odd. I, I tend to consider the activist groups like the ACLU. Mm-hmm. You might yeah. not have mm-hmm. much to do with them on a day-to-day but you, basis. But it's good to know they're there. Yeah, exactly. Them, you that's, know they're there. Yeah. That's kind of what I think how I feel about some of these bigger yeah. groups. Like I have no desire like to be C O G. Yeah. Like I have network. I have no desire to be part of them. But it's no. good to know they're out there doing exactly. the good work. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, know. Rhiannon Gray mentions uh Tumblr. That is another one that's oh, yeah. great for finding Tumblr. A couple of like linked Tumblr blogs. Yeah. And are, you just follow the web. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you just trace it back. Just follow all of those people and your dashboard will transform into yeah. a wonderful hub of Pagan information. Exactly. Back in the day, I did a lot of Pinterest witchcraft, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that is a whole vibe. It's a lot, but you mm-hmm. like that's very much a self-curated deal, but you could still do it. Andromeda says, my day job involves so much activism, sometimes I just want to make friends. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah exactly. that's the thing for me is that I, I, because there was so much focus, especially in the 70s, on mm-hmm. the activism ones, I think we, we still sort of have a dearth of... Mm-hmm community-centered ones. And that's what I like about being part of Covenant of Hakati because it is community-based. And it's why I like when things like the Aquarian Tabernacle Church and Hearth and Grove actually manage to get off the ground Mm -hmm. and keep running for a little bit because so many of these groups like start and then collapse within like five years. Mm -hmm. So I know one of the leaders of Hearth and Grove and the thing that they told me was for a long time, very few people came Mm -hmm. and they were like, you know, they debated shutting it down, doing something else, and they were like, no, we need to be a, like a presence. Mm-hmm. When people need us, they'll filter in. Mm-hmm. So their group gets bigger and smaller as things happen, but they are a consistent base of people because that's mm-hmm. what they've chosen to be. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily, it could be one person going to a, a coffee shop every week with a, the word out. And eventually someone will show up. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like witches night out. Yeah. I mean, there's there's different. I don't know if it's a if it's an organization, it's a just, loose organization yeah. of and different. I'm not really sure how that runs. I'm not yeah. either. I'm not but, sure how many people you need to become an organization. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I know witches night out is a, is an opportunity. Just this idea of witches getting together once a month, whether it's at a coffee shop or or a bookstore or something to discuss or just to meet up with each other. Which is tea. Yeah, yeah. We went to several of those. Yes. And sadly, one of the organizers for the witch's tea in her area and mm-hmm. the Mid- Michigan Pagan Alliance, Vicky, yeah. uh, you know, recently passed uh, and crossed to the to the Summerlands. But yeah. um, but there is, you know, there is one organization, which is tea that I know of uh, that is still around in Saginaw, I think. Which I is think tea, Saginaw, Saginaw, yeah. 
And so that kind of concept, you know, the, the concept of the witch's tea, the witch's night out, or whatever, a once a month or a quarterly or just a, a get together is something that that I think is worthwhile. And those mm-hmm. things definitely, they come, they go. Yep. Uh, they're more informal. They're more informal than your your big traditional mm-hmm. organization. But they're I still just as group. important. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like... But like a group. A cohort. Uh, yeah, a, co- a group and a cohort are just a tiny organization in the making. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, Mid-Michigan Pagan Alliance was started mm-hmm. by two people and with big dreams. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the fate of Mid-Michigan Pagan Alliance is going to be know. still. I don't know either. But it's I, still I, too close to, yeah, it's uh, still to Vicky's close. death. But yeah. to, to really know how that's going to shake out. Oh, I also want to talk a little bit about pagan charities. Mm-hmm. Because that's another form of pagan organization. Mm-hmm. The big one we talk about all the time, all the time is Pagans in Need, which is mostly, I believe, local to us in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. But it's a pagan food pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got several locations. Sort of the whole point of them is so that you can go to a food pantry and get food without having to listen to a salvation message first. That's right. And they and it's not just for pagans. It's for no, anybody yeah. who needs food. In fact, I think they kind of altered their... Their logo, even though it's a little bit, their yeah. branding, even though it's still pagans in need, pin is a little less threatening to some people, maybe than I, pagans I don't think in it's need. Threatening, I, I, um, I don't think people are threatened by it. Yeah. I think people just think it's not for them. Right for them, that's correct. Yeah, and the idea is that you know you feed and you provide. Mm-hmm. May you never hunger. May, may you never, you never thirst. thirst. That's right. Yeah. So so that's a a great charity that we. Uh, have supported for a long time and will continue to support forever, Absolutely. probably. That's right. Um, for as long as it exists. That's right. Which it's um like I said, it's got multiple chapters. Like it's a it's a pretty well established organization mm-hmm. at this point. I know that their desire is to to become national, mm-hmm. you know, and to not grow. just regional. Yeah. It would be lovely to see more pin pantries mm-hmm. available all around the country. Yeah. Because yeah, most food pantries you do have to sit and listen to a sermon. Yep. And it would be They'll nice. tell you you don't have to, but you do. But you do. So that's one of the beautiful things is that it truly is just about providing for mm-hmm. people's needs without an agenda. Yeah. The best food pantry that there is, basically. Yep. Uh, I certainly agree. There's also a UK charity organization called Pagan Aid. Hmm. I found out about this one because Ronald Hutton is one of their... Oh, I love Ronald Hutton. ...is one of their patrons. Mm-hmm. But what Pagan Aid does is picks basically a charitable cause that already exists and funnels pagan support towards it. That's With a focus on reducing poverty in especially developing countries Mm -hmm. and on environmental support. So like this year, their their cause du jour is supporting, like trying to get whale levels Mm -hmm. back up to the pre-whaling population Mm -hmm. for like animal welfare reasons, but also because it could help with climate change Mm -hmm. because whales are massive carbon sinks. (laughs) Gotta love that ecosystem. Uh Mm -hmm. And when a whale dies and the whale fall goes to the bottom of the ocean, A, it feeds a whole ecosystem, and B, it locks up that carbon in the ocean for hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. which means the the atmosphere has time to recover Mm -hmm. to prepare to absorb that carbon later. So, like, whale's good for everything. (laughs) Pagan Aid is a UK charity, like I said, and they seem to be really small so far. Like, they don't seem to get a lot of support. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to shout them out specifically because I think it's a cool organization and Mm -hmm. an interesting way to sort of try to funnel pagan 
charitable support in like structured ways. And I think that's an important thing for us to think about too as pagans mm-hmm. in that there we do have charitable organizations mm-hmm. that we can give to and uh, if we have time to devote our time to exactly. at least occasionally. Um, and definitely find your local charities. And find your local charities, um, yeah. It may be a struggle to find ones that aren't Christian, but mm-hmm. look for them. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with when you're going to start supporting a charity, either monetarily or with vo- your volunteer time, mm-hmm. is to go like on one of those charity watch sites mm-hmm. and double check that they're legit. I checked Pagan Aid on one of those charity watch sites. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I know that they are relatively small and they don't pull in huge amounts of money right now. I will tell you, you can you can just Google, is such and such uh-huh. legit? And it'll pop up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Verify all those things. This is something we see, especially after uh, a crisis. There will be a lot of scam charities popping up. Yeah. So many, and they're terrible. Yeah. Vultures. Yeah. So uh, always, always stay cautious with that. The other thing is... I think the only time you don't really have to worry about that is with blood donation, because that's... Sort of hard to scam blood. That's true, but there are there have been cases where local hospitals have asked people to stop donating blood because they have mm-hmm. too much yeah. for their cold storage. Ah, because gotcha. blood has to be prepared There's in specific be a ways. Better way to disseminate that around. Yeah. yeah. And then one final organization I wanted to talk about for those people who might feel called to be part of you know a pagan ministry or mm-hmm. or, or do some kind of right, work. Right. Do some as, kind of priestly work some kind of priestly work is cherry hill seminary Mm -hmm. um they have master's degrees that that you can participate in among other things their courses include ethics religious history ministry leadership chaplaincy ritual spirituality etc and um if you want to become uh, um you know some kind of a pagan priest or Mm -hmm. a chaplain or somehow have the you know the cred you know the credentials right. behind your name so you can go into a hospital perform a wedding or whatever it is you want to do that this is a way you can get this that. is one of the ways you can do that and it is an online study mm-hmm. all right but i think that's it for me yep we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here you can google us with the number three and the words pagans and a cat or the number three and the letters p-a-a-c i just remembered okay. we forgot a housekeeping what? We did a video for our cat. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. So if you want to watch this video review that Ode and I did. Uh-huh. Um, of a lovely wand which was sent to us for review. That's right. Then you can become a cat uh-huh. on our Patreon. Yes. Because because cats and above get to see get to the reviews. Once a month. Okay. And we're not going to tell you anything else about it because that would be spoilers. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But we're talking about, you can find us on, you know. Right. Yes, we have a Patreon that you can join if you so desire. To Um, support the podcast. mm -hmm, And help us pay rent. Which we appreciate each and every one of our patrons. Exactly. We really do. And that's that's my effort at financial transparency. That's what we use your your that's Patreon right. funding for is to help us pay rent, keep the internet going, uh-huh. pay, oh. pay bills. <laughs> and yes, exactly. It's also going to help us get a new uh, yes. computer tower. Oh God, yes. We're so the computer tower we've been using to record this podcast is twelve years old. That's right. It's ancient. I'm, it's a miracle the thing still works. <laughs> it's, an, it's an antique in electronic terms. That's right. So we're finally upgrading the stupid thing. Yep. Because we've had one too many problems with it. That's right. So and so those are things that your uh, that your support your has support enabled us to, us to do. Yep. 
So yeah, you can join us uh, on Patreon. We have a Discord server where everyone is welcome to join us, patron or no. We have a Facebook group, which everyone is also welcome to join. It is semi-closed in mm-hmm. that you have to apply for acceptance to the group, but we just ask you to answer a couple of basic questions to prove you're not a bot, basically. Mm-hmm. Gwen has a Patheos Pagan blog that she writes on sometimes, and she has a TikTok that she uses a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I think that is it. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.